At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Lombardi Line here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi. We're recapping Super Bowl 56, the Rams 23 20 winners. They closed a four-point favorite, of course, and a 48-and-a-half on the total. So the dog covers. The Rams win. The game stays under the posted total. The, the Rams, and I want to get into the MVP in, in Stafford, but how about the Rams? They've been kind of kicking the can down the, the street, right? And this is, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'll call it a house of cards with how they built this right. team. Very top-heavy. I think the, the cap for this year is going to be right around 208, something like that. How tenable is this? to keep the success going with the cap situation and the Rams moving forward. I think it'll be really a challenge. You know, I think it'll be really hard. Uh, obviously, as every year goes, that these guys that they're paying a lot of the money to, their cap numbers increase because you get further away from the signing bonus. So you've got to be very uh, cognizant of that. And the owner's been very willing to spend cash over cap, which is significant. And obviously with that new stadium, he wants to continue to do that. And, and it rewarded it rewarded Stan Kroenke, was rewarded with a, play, with a Super Bowl win. So, you know, a lot of this is going to predicate it on what happens with this coaching staff. We know Kevin O'Connell's going to go up to Minnesota today. He'll take Wade Phillips' son, Wes, with him. So he's going to have some changes on his coaching staff, see how he navigates that. And what does he do, Patrick? Does he go into the booth? I mean, I think this is the perfect opportunity to slide into the booth, you know, give it some time, take some time off. He's already laid the foundation for it, and he's going to get tremendous offers to do that, you know. I mean, the fact that CBS pays Tony Romo $18 million a year, which is more than most of these successful head coaches, is somewhat remarkable, right? Like, we all don't – we're going to watch the game no matter who's in the booth, you know. Nobody's just tuning into this. It's so – uh, you know, it's it's a lucrative job to go get where Sean can take away some of that pressure that he puts on himself that we witnessed yesterday when when he was his hands were shaking and he was nervous. I mean, I think the fact that he knew he was the better team, he knew he had the better players and the fact that that they were using that, hey, it's us against the world was getting to him a little bit. Also, it's kind of double edged as far as the sword three years ago. House money coming into it, but and this time you have experience, 
but your the expectations are much higher for McVay and the Rams. So the, the no expectations were sky high, and they do win a championship. You mentioned, so before the show started yesterday here on VSIN or the Lombardi line, we talked about there was a report came out that McVay may end up walking away. Now, I just saw a quote from him, and he said no. Uh, but we know that he wants to be a broadcaster. That's not something he's hid. Uh, he's 36 years old, the youngest to win it. Remember, Andrew Luck walked away at 29. There's a new report out now that Aaron Donald, or it started to uh, come up yesterday, that Aaron Donald could walk away if they won a championship. So there's a lot there. Yeah, I, I, I think obviously if he's saying he's not going to go, I would think he wouldn't. But, I mean, Parcells didn't leave until uh, – you know, Belichick, after they won the Super Bowl against the, the Buffalo Bills on Scott Norwood's ride, wide right or wide left, I'm not sure which, which way it was wide, but uh, right, thank you, Stephen, wide right, I said that first, and, you know, Parcells didn't retire until June of that year, Bill was already in Cleveland, so there was not there was time, and he kind of thought about it, and that's when Ray Hanley became the head football coach of the New York Giants, so... You know, maybe Sean will take some time to think about this. But I do think climbing up this mountain is not going to be easy to get back on top of the mountain. You know, I think it's going to be a challenge. Hopefully they don't hire a Hanley if they do have to replace him. That's for sure. <laughs> no offense to him. No offense to him. Um, I mean, Bill kind of let, let the – I mean, the, gave the Giants really no choice, you know. Didn't give him a choice in the situation. So, you know, by retiring so late in June, in June I think it was – so that became very difficult. But look, to go back, I mean, he's going to, you'll take some time off, and you don't have draft picks, so you don't have to worry about that. You don't have cap room, so you don't have to worry about that. You the, know? the Rams I mean, have not had to prepare for the draft for like three straight years. No, I mean, you know, take some time it off. It is wild that it worked. You know, we constantly talk about the idea of just adding stars, whether it's, you know, taking a chance on Odell Beckham Jr., which I don't know what the chance is, or. You know, Von Miller, who I think the Broncos, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they paid most of his salary. He's going to be a free agent. They did. He's going to be a free well, he's agent. He's going to be there. a free agent. I mean, they gave up a two and a three, and he's going to walk, and I don't think they're going to be able to pay him. Odell Beckham, I mean, when he went down yesterday, my first reaction is he either tours Patel Attendo or tours ACL. Now there's a report out today that he tours ACL. So you know, now he goes into free agency. He tours ACL on the same knee that he toured before. So this is twice in 16 months. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, that's going to really prohibit him from being a star receiver out in the marketplace. Well, Stan Kroenke. Clearly I clearly think the Chiefs had their eyes set on him. When they interviewed Stan Kroenke on the stage, that seemed like a guy that owed people a lot of money because he was kind of low energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, what <laughs> is going on? Don't do the conversation. He's like, it was so weird. Um, yeah, oh. I don't think Stan. I don't think Stan likes the spotlight. You know, I don't think he likes it. I think he's more of a background guy. You know, and isn't he big in Denver? He owns. He's from Denver. Oh, he's I think he owns, he owns everything in Denver. I mean, well, the you Rapids. Know, he's, a, he's he's actually. I think he's St. Louis. I think it's where most of his. His, his business operations are. He's got the Nuggets. He's got that whole, he has the Cronky Sports Empire is really what he has. He's married and to so, a Walton, the Walmart family. You can't, you can't beat that. <laughs> How did you think SoFi played on television? I, I thought it was good. I just didn't get the sense that there was an, you know, typically when you get that much, you know, into the game, I didn't get the sense there was that much enthusiasm for the game or feel it. But, you know, you're home and you're away from it. It's not not the same. So I, I, I thought, look, I, I thought it was from that standpoint, 
you know, I, I, don't, I don't think there was a home field. I think the teams, look, the teams seemed to handle it. Nobody needed to do the silent count. So it worked out pretty well for both sides. I don't think there was a home field advantage for the Rams. That's for sure. I'm just going to say it. Mixed new house, greater than sign SoFi. I understand one costs yeah. five bill or over five bill SoFi mm-hmm. and Allegiant Stadium like two bill. It just has a more intimate feel here. I'm yeah. telling you, it's, it's, it's a great. That's what I, I never, they say it's an incredible venue, but yeah. you know, to me, uh, you know, uh, to me, it, it didn't get that sense of it, you know? Yeah. I didn't, so there we'll wasn't an what, intimacy to yesterday's. I, I, I would yeah, agree. That's what I kind of scattered. I like Everything that. was all over. And, and, and where were you, where were you on the, uh, on the, on the, on the halftime show? Were you, were you good on that? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought what always, yeah. what's incredible to me is I went to, my sister works for direct TV. So she took me one year. Remember it was the Packers and Steelers, uh, Dallas, right? When Jerry world had opened. So I went to a Super Bowl yeah. there to me the most fascinating part is watching them set it up. And I think it was the Black Eyed Peas that performed. So what was incredible was when I went to use the restroom or something, I came back and I said, there's a whole set. I mean, that set to me during the halftime performance with Dre and Eminem and Snoop and Mary J. Blige, to me, the set was incredible. And the fact that just logistically they could get it set up is incredible. Remarkable, right? I mean, and then they blocked out one side of the, like, if you were behind the diner, I don't think you could see it. You know, you were behind some of the, the, the bill, but I thought it was great. It was fun. It was good. And I thought some of the commercials were just, I mean, I, of course, naturally, I enjoy the Sopranos commercial. with. I was going to ask you, what did you think car. about that? I loved it. I loved it. It was great. I watched it on, I watched it on live and then I watched it on my phone again to see it. I like the fact that they went back to where in, to the, the, the seafood bar, which I, my man Berman and I, we got to go there one day, it, it, that seafood restaurant right there by Red Bank it is, where they did in, in the Many Saints of Newark, and they were playing Astro Weeks in the background. Remember, he's in the convertible yes. driving there yeah. in Astro, and you hear Van Morrison doing Astro Weeks there. Yeah, I would have liked to. I, I need to go back there and see that. That'd be, but but it was good. I enjoyed it. I, I see. I'm not very adept with social media, so I checked in uh, after the halftime performance on Twitter, and everybody was going best thing ever, best thing. But again, I stink yeah. at social, so I don't know if that was being sarcastic or if people were being well, legit. And I just always check out. I'm just like I don't understand. I mean, what's going you on know, here. Michael Jackson did play at halftime, so you know, like let's be serious here. You know, like the, you know, there it was a great. I don't know if everything's always the best. But it was, right. it was really enjoyable. It does enjoyable. feel like we have to reset with, well, this is the best. This is the best. This is yeah. the game's the best. Because Alan, Chris, when they when they were signing off, they they were talking about that Super Bowl like it was the best they had ever seen, which it certainly. I mean, was Al not. did Al did the it was not even close to the Seattle New England Super Bowl that we won. I mean, not the, even the, close. The, the game was way better played. It was better officiated. The two teams were true. To me, we became the champion, and, you know, Seattle left the field thinking they were the champion. Like, I don't get the sense that I, I left the game, A, not thinking that Aaron Donald was going to be the MVP, A. B, I didn't get the sense that the, the, the Rams were truly the best team in the league. They, they passed the test to be the best team. But in my back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, Buffalo's sitting there saying, we could, we, we could have won this game. If we gotten here and we would have managed those 13 seconds, we would have, we would have won this game. There's no Because I think they would have beaten Cincinnati at home. Stafford, 26 of 40, three touchdowns, two picks. The, the pick towards the end of the, set, the first half, watching Matthew Stafford for 13 years like I have, like, that is, he was pissed at 
Jefferson because he wanted him to compete for that ball. He does that all. He used to do that in Detroit all the time. End of the half, take a shot in the end zone. I don't necessarily hate it because it's essentially a touchback. Uh, but but he shouldn't even have thrown the ball. What he should have done, they should have let the clock go down. This is what makes you so crazy is why not just let the clock go to the two-minute warning, come over to the side, let's talk about this third down. Let's get a good play here. We get some points before the half. Let's make sure they don't get points. They get the ball to start the half. Let's make sure they don't get points. They don't double dip us. And let's win the middle eight. But, of course, naturally, my man McVay, he can't wait to just start running plays. I mean, it just makes no sense. And then he throws the interception. I thought he should have thrown the ball back. As Bates was coming to him, I think he should have thrown the ball away from Bates going the other way to make the receiver kind of go get the ball. Bates would have been able to turn around and go get it. Can we agree on this? There's a fine line, and he made three or four throws that Goff wouldn't have, and that's the difference in a championship. No doubt. No doubt. He made those throws. That's why, to me, giving it to Cup, he caught him and he made them, but it takes somebody to make those incredible throws before you give them the MVP. Yeah, he makes mistakes, but again, there's just those three or four throws that they need in a big spot, and I think he gives it to you, and I don't know if my quarterback one Jared Goff does. Okay, let's get into the futures market when we come back next year's Super Bowl here at Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, so this new offer can only be described as madness. You get VSEN's all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship April 4th for 29 bucks under $30. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24/7 video access. You get the upcoming College Hoops betting guide. You see it all right there, 24/7 video access. You get the betting splits, everything for $29. VSIN.com slash madness. VSIN.com slash madness. Lombardi line, Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Odell Beckham Jr. Again, this is Rappaport reporting to have torn his ACL last night. It means a long recovery, of course. It'll be a challenge to be ready for the start of 2022. Uh, two catches, 52 yards, a touchdown yesterday. So, Odell, and it was the opposite knee. I don't know what that means, Michael, as far as recovery, if it compounds the issue, if it's the same, but it was the opposite knee that it was operating okay. on before. But, I, again, I don't know uh, if it's more punitive, you know. Yeah, but, you know, anytime I watch a game and a player reaches for his knee as if he's, you feel like he's bleeding, 
you know, like you know how you remember get Kevin caught, Durant you, in the postseason. Yeah, remember Durant? Yeah, he thought he just, got shot. Yeah, yeah, you got you get. So once that happens, he feels something in his body, and that tells you, to me, that's all you need to see. Whether he walks off the field or not is insignificant, you know, because of that. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a long road. And look, you know. I think ultimately uh, he really helped the Rams and the fact that because of Robert Woods' injury, he kind of came in there. He was just going to be the alternate, right? He was going to be – it was going to be Woods, Cup, and then Beckham was going to be the third, and all of a sudden he became the two, and then all of a sudden he became, you know, without – you know, then he goes out, and Jefferson, to me, stepped in and played well. And the fact, they got Henderson on a couple routes out of the backfield were also good for him. How about the city? How about the kids in the city of Cincinnati today? They got the day off from school. They got nothing to celebrate. Well deserved. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel bad for them. I mean, they're so close. I mean, Zach Taylor's going to, you know, go back over that his play sheet. And I think, to me, we said this earlier in the broadcast. I think he was in. He was betwixt and between. He wanted. He knew. He was watching the game, and his defense was playing so well. He didn't want to turn the ball over. He knows his line can't block him. A strip sack, a fumble could change the game completely. And he got conservative. I mean, he just wasn't able. And let's face it, nobody will say this, but you and I. But, I mean, Burrow didn't play good. No. I mean, Burrow didn't make enough throws that he needed to make. And I think Burrow will be the first guy to say that. And that was eight. That that catch Chase made along the right sideline was ridiculous at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't even a great throw. That it wasn't. That's what I mean. Play. I thought he bailed him out a little bit with the catch. It was a little, yep. it was a little, the throw was a little flat. Um, let's throw up BetMGM's numbers and we can dive into these. First off, the Rams. I think it's charitable to say 11 to 1. They're in a horrible division as far as toughness. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't play that. Will they all. get up? I, I don't not. even know if they make the postseason next year. Are they going to be up? We don't even know what this roster is going to look like. Well, I mean, plus they got a bunch of offensive linemen that are going to be free agents, right? So that line wasn't good as it was. I mean, I don't think Whitworth's coming back. I mean, that, that's going to be a challenge there. As I look at these numbers off to my left here, I think that's going to be a really challenging. And the 49ers, the fact that they're 16 to 1 over the, you know, over the, the Rams at, at 11 to 1. But of course, there's Trey Lance in that number. So how good will Trey Lance be? How good will the 49ers be? They're going through a ton of changes with their coaching staff. Something, something Something's going on there. McDonald took sure a few, quite. right? Didn't McDonald take uh, one or two? Mc, McDaniels, yeah, he oh, took a few. Me. McDaniel. Yeah, I mean, he took a few. So I think that. I mean, look, how how would you play the Cardinals at twenty to one, knowing that that Mary and Do you know what's going on coming, there? Do you know what's going on I, there? Michael? I've been saying it. I've been saying it forever. On the, I said it on my pod. I say it here on the show. The guy's a horrible teammate. I mean, I mean, I've said it forever. This body language, you know, he blames everybody. You could just see there was no connection to him and his teammates. Now, what's the answer? The, the answer is there is no answer. Who are they going to get to come in and play for him? Hey, check that out. You see the uh, the Packers and Broncos are both they're both tied at sixteen to one. It's funny that they're. I take the. I, I would jump all over the Packers at sixteen to one right now. I would jump well, all over them. My, I think the numbers that because they bet MGM saying it's either Rogers here or there. You see what I'm saying? That's what, that's what the numbers are mirroring one another. You think he's going back to Green Bay? I think there's he's going to be fifty million fifty million reasons why he's going back. The Bengals are 12 to 1. We just had Will Hill. He said he wouldn't be surprised if they missed out. Uh, you see the two favorites, 7.5 to 1 on the Bills and Chiefs. I think that's right. 
Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I, I, I don't – the Cowboys at 12-1 to 1 is interesting because can they duplicate it, you know? But we, you and I both know, I mean, the Bucks at 25-1. to 1, do, they think, do they think that – do they know something that I don't know? I mean, is I mean, how can the Bucks be twenty-five to one and the Chargers be twenty-five to one when one team has a quarterback, the other team doesn't? Well, we saw your boy hanging out with uh, Roger Goodell, Russell Wilson. I wonder, it, is there? If you you just told me what you thought was going to happen with Rogers, your best guess on Wilson? I think he stays in Seattle. I mean, the question is, how, who do they get back? I mean, we know this, you know, we know that, and, I, and I've, and I have been, it's reliably reported to me as well that I think the Colts are not going to hold back on their efforts to get a quarterback, nor are they going to endear themselves for just to, to make one mistake better by continuing along the Carson Wentz train. So, you know, do I think they could trade Wentz in a deal to get, I don't know. I mean, who wants Wentz? I think that's a fair question to ask. But why would Seattle give up Wilson? Who are they going to get to play their position? Matt Flynn? Yeah, I mean, like, they, Charlie Whitehurst going to come back? Like, who are they going to get to do that? Touchdown Jesus. Uh, that I Col- love Charlie. Yeah, I do too. 25 to 1 on the Colts at BetMGM. By the way, the, you mentioned the report. So Wentz, and you've been hearing this, but Wentz, uh, the, the report is they're either going to trade or cut Wentz by March 18th. That's when his $22 million is fully right. guaranteed. And then almost 6.5 and a bonus as well guaranteed by then. Yeah, I mean, they got to do something. They're not going to spend good money for bad. They already know the outcome of this. So I, I t- you got to applaud Who are they them. Getting, they made a mistake. Who are they getting? That's the question. Well, they got Ellinger. They think they think Ellinger can be a good player, but he whether he's strong enough and can endure the time, I don't know. I thought Phil made a great point yesterday on on Burrow when he talked about how that, that Burrow take the off season and really made his arm stronger. You know, got his body well. I think that's Matt Jones's challenge for the Patriots, forgetting what's going on with their offensive coaching staff. But for Matt Jones, to me, if I'm Matt Jones today, I'm in that weight room. I'm in the pay. I'm in that building. I am doing everything that I can to strengthen and get bigger, stronger, and improve my lower body as long as my throwing motion to get to the point where I'm I'm becoming like Burrow in the sense that I can do some different things. Credit to Charlie Weiss, who and that's when we had some connectivity issues with you. So I'll just reiterate what he said. He th- he thought Burrow was getting way too much. A- the accolades were out of control. He thought he was going yep. to be grounded a little bit in the game, and that's exactly what happened. I think that's right. I mean, we we but you know we've been saying it too here on the program that the the true MVP of the game, of the team was was McPherson. It really was. Ne- I mean, Burrow's seven point seven yards per attempt. He's played well. I'm not disputing that. But the true MVP of where that how they've been able to get where they've gotten has been that, and and I think that's true. And he did not play well in the game. I mean, I'm going to watch the tape later today. But you know, they're three for fourteen on third down in this game, Patrick. Mm-hmm. They're one for three on fourth down. I mean, they averaged five yards a play. The Rams averaged four. Think about this. The Rams averaged four seven a play. They turned the ball over twice. And they still win. To me, this is one of those, if you took the Rams and you laid the four and a half, this is one that you, you probably handicapped the game correctly, but you lost. So maybe we can find the Bengals. Remember, the Bengals are anywhere from 125 to 150 to 1 coming into this season. I'll give you the longest odds on the board. So the Jets, the Lions, and Texans are all tied at 150 to 1 to win next year's Super Bowl. The Jets, the Lions, and Texans. Actually, the Jags are 100 to 1. 
So the well, the Jags. The, to me, it really comes. Why would we think that? Is because if you just take the Cincinnati formula, you say, okay, is Zach right. Wilson going to be good enough? Can he do that? I mean, that's really what you're asking. Texas. Can Zach Wilson take that step up? Can Trevor Lawrence take that step up? I mean, and maybe he can. Maybe maybe Trevor Lawrence with Press Taylor and Doug Peterson down in Jacksonville will take that mother may I step forward. I don't know. Uh, you know, we, we talk about uh, Russell Wilson. We talk about some of these other quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson doesn't get brought up. I mean, is there a possibility he misses next year as well? I, I was told over the weekend that, that a lot of his stuff is – is still not settled, and the criminal or the civil, it's going to be still in doubt. And, bef- and the NFL essentially just takes a step back and says, we can't do anything with you until that all gets cleared. And when there's 20-plus defendants, I guess, yeah, 20-plus, I mean, it's good. It's, that's a lot to parse through. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, and so I think this is a long way from ever getting done. I really do. I shouldn't say defendants. What am I trying? No, they're not defendants. They're uh, accusers. My bad. Accusers, yeah. Yeah. So, but Watson would be if we were just talking quarterbacks. Watson conversation would be ahead of Russell Wilson at this point if he was available to play and potentially on the board as far as no doubt. Trade. Well, Wilson's a tr- you know Wilson's a trade asset, but can he can he be traded? So we started off with. You were not thrilled with the officiating rhythm of the game. Let's put it that way yesterday. We'll talk to Dean Blandino, of course, big-time official, and now does broadcasting. We'll talk about what happened last night in the Super Bowl and moving forward. It's the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, yesterday our very own Brent Musburger sat down with legendary sports better Billy Walters for only his second public interview. The full hour of this exclusive interview with one of the most feared sports betters of all time is currently available at vsnvsin.com. Watch the full interview with Brent Musburger and Billy Walters for free right now only at vcin.com. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, he's Michael Lombardi. And we're excited to be joined by Dean Blandino, of course, NFL on Fox Rules official now. And first off, thank you, Dean, for the time. Before we get into the officiating, you were lucky enough. You took your son to the game yesterday. Give us the overview, the experience at SoFi for a Super Bowl. What'd you think? It was great. Uh, I'll tell you, we were talking about it. It felt like the first big event I know that I've been to that felt more normal, you know, with everything that we've been through with COVID and it just, it felt, um, it was a great experience. The stadium, everything was really well laid out. And, uh, you know, obviously the game was great. Halftime was great. It was just a, a, a great experience. And for my son, he's 11, his first Super Bowl, So, um, I think he expects he's already looking at Phoenix next year, Vegas. (laughs) We're talking about hotels. So we're good. That's awesome. That's those memories will never go away. And the fact that, you know, he can enjoy it. It's just tremendous. Dean, I got to ask you, you know, everybody's focused on the pass interference call, which we know they missed that call. I mean, no matter what Tolbert says after the game to the pool reporters, that was a missed call. And that's part of the game. But I want to know, how could they have missed the false start on the second and eight on the play 
that uh, that Cooper Cup gets called, they call holding on the play, which we could debate that too, which would have never sure. happened had they called the false start, which would have stopped the play. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things that I remember being in that position at the league office and you're in charge of the officials. And, and there, are, there are things, there are calls, missed calls that happen every game. And, and there are calls that you can explain. Look, the, the official, from their perspective, they got blocked out. They didn't have a great view. And there are others where it's just you don't have a good explanation. And things like missed false starts and those types of things, it just comes down to focus. And You've really got to focus, you know, the game is 60 minutes, but officials, right, they're making decisions before each play, during each play, and after each play, thousands and thousands of decisions, and one momentary lapse of focus, and you could miss something like that, and that's the last thing you want, especially in the Super Bowl, and that's really what it comes down to. You know, missed face masks, other things, there's a variety of reasons for those, but sometimes it's just, you know, that lack or, or just that moment where you lack that focus and you end up missing something. Uh, did you notice it? Did you see yeah, it? I mean, I saw it live. That's what drove me crazy. I was like, wait a minute. This is this is a false start. You know, that's what, I didn't to see, me. It yeah. Was. I didn't see it till I, I, from where we were sitting, we were further down the other end of the field. So I didn't see it live. And in the stadium, there weren't, you know, they didn't show a replay of it. But uh, I didn't see it until I was able to watch the game when I got home. Here's my question. What make, what, oh, please, go what ahead, makes it What makes it so egregious is the fact that it happened on both sides. So the, both, ju- both line judges could have seen it. The center was late snapping the ball. He snapped it on the wrong count. And everybody yeah. else was going. So, you know, if you're the line judge over by the Bengals sideline or the line judge, you, you basically, the two tackles went on the sound. It was the center who was late with it. That, to me, is which makes it even worse because it wasn't like the left tackle jumped a little early like we see happen at times or in the yeah. playoff, in the, in, the, in the game where, you know, Tolbert misses that false start in the Kansas City game on the first, on, on, on fourth and one from the one. You know, maybe one guy saw that, right? But this was on both sides. Yeah, that, like you said, when it's the right tackle, you have that one official on that sideline that's responsible. But when, when it's the late snap and then you get the whole line, and a lot of times that's, you know, there's that optical illusion, too, when everybody moves at the same time and the ball still sitting sitting there. I don't know. Maybe that factored in. It's just, again, you want to, you wanna, there, are, there are plays in a the game there, like I said, there's going to be mistakes made. There's, there's 155 plays. A lot of decisions are being made, but there's, there's a handful of plays in any football game that 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 are really game changers, and you want your officials to be perfect on those plays, and, and unfortunately that's one they didn't get. Yeah, there were four total flags thrown prior to that final drive, and then counting the offsetting penalties, four were thrown on the Rams' goal to sequence. I mean, it was – did you notice, Dean, as the former VP of officiating, do you, did you notice 70,000 people all looking at you in unison when those flags were being thrown? <laughs> like, what, dude, yeah, what's going you know, on here? Section, <laughs> I know. Our section started – a couple of people recognized me, so every time something officiating-related happened, everybody was looking at me, and I'm like, hey, I just want to enjoy the game. But it's <laughs> – it's one of those things, and I felt like the championship games were officiated to this, where, where the officials were not going to, and whether it was a conscious decision or something subconscious, because I can tell you in my years at the officiating department, we never told the officials to officiate the playoffs any different than the regular season, right? You don't want to change the bar midstream, but it felt like the championship games and the Super Bowl, at least for three plus quarters, 
they weren't going to call a lot, right? And and that fans may like that and say, hey, let him play. But then you end up missing a, a T. Higgins face mask, right, on an 85-yard touchdown. Like those 75-yard touchdown, those are things that impact games where the flag is not thrown. And then it even stands out more of a sore thumb when you have a game for three and a half quarters where there's four flags and then on three consecutive plays, there's flag after flag after flag. And that's where you kind of look for that that consistency and look if they're there you got to call it but you know I thought the one on cup on third and goal that that to me that that we saw that play the the entire game and they weren't calling it and then you end up in a big situation throwing a, a flag for defensive holding and giving the Rams a first and goal where it would have been fourth down from the eight yard line. No doubt I, and I think your points well taken I mean to me the conference championship game you know, they had one referee that was led the league in calling penalties. And then they had Vinovich, who was also who was the least officiated a referee, least called during the season. And yet we let them play the game and just let them play. They didn't want to be involved in the game, which I'm OK with. But like you said, I think when you get that call, it, you know, if you were grading that back judge and you were back in your old job in the league office, do you think he made the right call on the cup play? No, no, I didn't. I didn't think I didn't see a jersey grab. I didn't see it. Thought that was good defense. And look, from from the back judge's perspective, he saw something. He saw a grab. He saw something that raised to the level. If I'm evaluating that play, um, I'm I'm giving that. You know, that's an incorrect call in my view. And and again, we get the benefit of seeing it from different angles, and we get the benefit of slow motion replay. The back judge has to see it, make a call in real time. Uh, but that's. That's, you know, what they're paid to do and, and they're, they're professionals and, and we would expect them to, you know, get those calls right. You know, unfortunately for him, if, they, if the line judges would have done their job, he would have been taken off the hook because the play would have been stopped. That, that's yeah. my whole point. We wouldn't be having this debate. It would be, be second and goal at the 14 and see what happens from there. And then the one – it's almost like every time you get a holding call, the next play, you know, is an interception and everybody's yeah, mad at yeah. the quarterback and they forget the, inter, they forget the <laughs> holding call, which is where the reason why the quarterback's trying to fit the ball in. It's always the play before that creates the biggest problem. Yeah, and every like I said, every every flag that's thrown, every flag that it, it impacts the game, right? Every decision that officials make, and they make, and that's the thing. That's the the hard part about that. The profession is they make the overwhelming majority of decisions they make are, are correct, but inevitably there's always a couple in the game, and and again, you try to mitigate those, and 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 you don't want those to be the out, you know, determine the outcome. Uh, but every decision has it has an impact. Okay, two minutes. You know the pervasive conversation is overtime. The competition committee meets. Uh, I think you were just telling Stephen you were sitting next to somebody that did want the overtime rules changed. I know, Dean, you are a proponent of keeping the overtime as it is, right? Yeah, you know, I'm not I – don't, I don't think – I like the NFL overtime because I like a couple of things, right? It, I like the fact that you keep all three phases. You don't change the, the way the game is played – from regulation to overtime. So special teams matter, offense, defense, both matter. I like that. I like the concept of sudden death where the game can end on any one play. Um, I get it. And I would be in favor for the postseason. If you want to say if 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 the, the Chiefs get the ball and they go down and they score a touchdown, let's give the Bills a chance and they can go back. And, and if they score a touchdown, then we go to sudden death. I would be in favor of that for the postseason. I think you got to be careful about regular season. You start to add snaps 
Got to think about player safety. You know, we're, we're going to play additional snaps and maybe have to come back and play Thursday night four days later. Uh, but but I like the concept that the game can end on any, you know, on any one play, which I don't think the college, you know, the college, a lot of people like that overtime. But look, you take special teams out and it's not true sudden death, which I think the NFL rules still, uh, you know, those still apply. I couldn't agree more. I think overtime should stay the way it is because the Bills didn't lose in overtime because they didn't get the ball. The Bills lost that game because they couldn't manage 13 seconds. Andy Reid didn't lose the overtime game to the Patriots. He lost it because they couldn't get off the field on three third and tens. There's always another reason why you lose overtime other than what they're talking about. And changing the rules to me doesn't do any good. Yeah, and I think sometimes we do it on emotion, right? We do it. We don't yep. look at the numbers. We don't look at, right, the regular season numbers don't don't tell you you have to make a change, but sometimes that's not the deciding factor. NFL on Fox Rules official does a great job. Dean Blandino. Thanks, Thank you, Dean. Dean. Appreciate, appreciate the time. Good stuff. Thanks, guys. Okay, that was tremendous information. We continue here Lombardi Line. Josh is going to join us next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, tonight, betting NBA. Go to BetMGM. Welcomes you with a special offer for the association tonight. $10 money line wager on any game. Regardless of the outcome, that's what's great about this promotion. You get 200 bucks if either team hits a three. So it's pretty simple. You just use the bonus code VSIN200, VSIN200, and also get MGM reward points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. That MGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. It's VSIN200 for the code again. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Did you get the satisfactory answer from D Dean? did a good job there. Did you get your answer from what you were saw in the game yesterday? I mean, I got the answer that, you know, Dean is, is exactly, you know, the way he said it is exactly how the answer would come from the league office. We all make mistakes, you know, and the, the effort to be perfect is almost impossible. And I'm willing, you know, I know it was a seven-point play, but I, I know they miss calls. But to me, the ones they never miss 
are the false starts, especially this false start, which had the two tackles on both sides moving, you know, which means you had two chances, right? Usually on a call, there's one guy who makes the call. That The call on Cup was the back judge who, who lines up behind the goal line. That's who makes the call. And it was his call. And they went with it. Whereas this call that they missed, the false start, the line judge on the right, the line judge on the left, they both had a chance to do it. Plus the umpire and the referee, there's four people that are making this call. That's the one I have the problem with. Yeah, that early lean from the tackles, you could just, it, it's very apparent on television that you, what, yeah. you're, what you're saying. 100%. Josh joins us now. It's 100%. I mean, you could see it. The ball's clearly almost to Stafford. I mean, the ball's not. The, the, the tackles almost, they're, they're both back on the same level, and the ball hasn't been snapped yet. It wasn't hard. That's the one. To me, I accept Dean's answer. Like, look, they're going to miss calls. They're going to make mistakes. They're human. I get all that, right? I get all that. But the ones that they can't miss are the ones that they absolutely, that, that are in violation of, of the rules that everybody can't complain about. Like, Sean McVay would have not complained about that call. The judgment calls we complain about. The non-judgment calls that they miss, those are the ones that then lead to another call. See, if he blows the whistle there, the play's over. They're going to stop that call. That play's not going to go. It's a false start. They're going to stop the play. We're not going to have the defensive hold. We're not going to have that call. The ball's not going to be on the two-yard line. The ball's going to be second and 14 at the 14. Now, could they have scored? No doubt. But to me, missing that is really, that's inexcusable. The other ones, I accept Dean's answer. Okay, fair enough. Josh Applebaum, Market Insights. Josh, how are we feeling today? And uh, just kind of a recap as far as the market and the Super Bowl. Yeah, Patrick, Michael, great to be with you. So, uh, yeah, guys, a couple things from last night's game. Uh, you know, we did a year, a full year of Lombardi lines and shows talking about dogs and unders, and that's kind of how we, you know, went into the year and how we ended with the year. So, obviously, the Rams get it done. You know, if you played them on the live line when they were down, you got a better number, but they cash on the money line, minus 200. Now, a lot of these dog trends, though, with the Bengals covering that number, some updated stats here. In the last 11 Super Bowls, dogs are now 7-4 and four against the spread. You look at dogs getting three or more ever since that Patriots game against the Giants in, in 2000. 2007. They're now nine and two against the spread here, getting three or more. So that came through for you. Uh, obviously, Brent Musburger was kind of called it perfectly, called a three-point game there. So if you took the points, you're feeling good. And then that under, guys, it was kind of an interesting play where the early money hit the under. We did see yesterday there's a little tick up. Some books went to 48 and a half, up to 49. But these unders now nine and four. They finished the postseason to the under. Super Bowl unders now four and zero oh the last four. And when the total is 48 or higher since 2008, the unders now seven and two. So it was intriguing to me guys is you know we had two weeks to talk about it look at every single angle but kind of ironically it was a dog and under year and he ended up with the super bowl the dog and the under there it is and we'll analyze it to paralysis next year as well <laughs> we'll, <laughs> Can't wait. we'll end up we'll end up doing it how'd you how'd you turn out josh with the overall game side total props yeah, so uh, definitely pumped about the Bengals there. I actually feel terrible for anyone who had them on the money line there because you're kind of up and you had that spot there. And again, you give it up even after the OBJ uh, injury. Uh, bad beat if you're on the OBJ numbers because, again, he started the game on fire. Two catches, 52 yards. Then he gets hurt. 
So anyone who's on his over kind of had a bad beat on that one. But a couple ones, guys. Uh, tails never fails. Didn't happen. It was a heads play there. Ironically, you did have a majority bets there on, on the tails. Uh, the touchback was a really interesting prop bet where you saw a huge movement to uh, the guy running it out. Yet actually, uh, he you know, he called the touchback there. So that actually the, the early number was correct, even though the movement went to the guy running out of the end zone. And then a couple other ones, guys. Uh, you look at McPherson. Uh, Michael, you hit this one. We talked about this, but over one and a half field goals. He nails that. Uh, you also look at first timeout Rams. McVay sometimes kind of gets a little excited. Uh, that hit for the Rams. Then also Logan Wilson, most tackles in the game. He barely edged uh, Williams of the Rams. He, uh, Wilson uh, had ended up with, I think, nine there. Cash the plus 275. So not bad in terms of Super Bowl. And Michael, great job with Higgins as well. He went way over his over yards. Hey, Josh, question for you. When the game was over and we didn't know what was happening, who was your MVP? Ooh, I thought it was Aaron Donald, Michael, to be honest with you. The game-sealing sack. <laughs> That's four uh, for you know, four. Stafford, <laughs> yeah, Stafford throwing the picks. But Cup, maybe kind of like that Edelman redo from a couple years ago. But, Michael, I thought when he's waving his finger, it was going to be Donald. I mean, I thought it was Donald. I mean, that's why you're the fourth person we've asked on this that that all agreed. Like, I don't know how I don't know how Cup got the votes. I mean, I'm watching the same game. They got five first downs after with 25 minutes left to go in the game, and and Donald, who was disappeared in the first half, who really was a non-existent, came in and really made all the plays they needed to make in the run game. I mean, you know, I mean, I I know Chris said you you should never run the ball when Robinson's in the game. Like, okay, did he watch any of these other games? He was in the game when. People People run the ball in the Rams. Like, okay, Donald's the guy you got to block. I mean, so it's hard to understand, but I, I, I don't get it. You know, if Aaron Donald is doing his normal Monday routine, which is probably driving to Trader Joe's, listening to the Lombardi line, he's going to be really pissed because four people said he should, he should be, be the MVP. He should be the MVP, and he's walking through Trader Joe's. He should Trader be on Joe's his way to like, Disney. Damn, he should, should be on his way to Disney. I yeah. mean, seriously, he should be on his way to Disney. Uh, what I was mean, the look, Donald think, number? What was the Donald number, by the way? Was it uh, Josh? Plus 1,600, six, 1,200, something like that. 16 to 1. Gotcha. And Cup closed 6 to 1 in Jersey. I think 7 to 1 at a couple of books, and he ends up with the MVP. Um, you, didn't have to, you didn't have to sweat much, Michael, on the – the best feeling in the world is if you went over a half. Now, you paid juice on the Stafford interception, but – you didn't have to sweat the second half. You could enjoy the halftime show. It was the last play of the half, essentially. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, too, though. When that game, when when they went up 23-20, to 20, I, I said to Bill Berman, and I, this game's going to go over because I really anticipated McPherson making the field goal. I really thought we were headed to overtime. I, I don't know That's how you That's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, did I you feel we were, we were headed going for overtime? overtime. I, I totally yep. agree. That, that had such a, they're going to get a field goal here vibe, and we're going overtime. Then that game would have went to another level, in my opinion. What did you think, Josh? Yeah, no, I was kind of thinking that same thing, guys. And, Michael, I wanted to ask you this. Like, you know, Taylor, I thought, was really good in terms of coaching. He looked really relaxed, kind of a cool, you know, calm, collected guy. But how about toward the end? I know we can second guess, and it's tough. You know, he took his team as far as they could go. But uh, you give it to Pirine there when you could have gotten it to Mixon, and then you're, you know, fourth and one, and you spread it out five wide. I just thought, hey, you have two downs. Give it to Mixon, get a first down. Michael, were you kind of surprised by those play calls late? No, no doubt. I was really surprised by the play call. And when you, I'm going to go home and watch the tape, but, but apparently Ramsey fell down on that call. I mean, if he would have had any time to throw the ball, it was going to be a touchdown. 
Ramsey was one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, Ramsey couldn't cover Chase the whole day. I mean, I know we're not allowed to say anything bad about Ramsey because we have to go in there and do and do the uh, the whole circuit next year. But the reality of it is, is Chase had him beat. Ramsey was on the ground. He's wide open. But, of course, naturally, they couldn't block Donald. I mean, going for it, really, you know, the difference in the game was I thought the second-in-one call was horrible. I thought the third-in-one call was worse because he didn't give the ball to his best players. You don't want to leave the game. You know, to me, this is a perfect example of you get into the huddle, you're going to go out there, and you say to your offensive staff, look, we're going to win this game or send this game in overtime. The ball's going to Chase. It's going to Boyd. It's going to Higgins. It's going to Mixon. That's who it's going to. We're not giving the ball to anybody else because those guys got to come through for us. Well said. And yeah, you mentioned Zach Taylor. He was kind of calm. Me and Michael noticed McVeigh was not calm. McVeigh was shaking. He was tweaking every time they showed. They need one. Yeah. I mean, it was. I'm sorry. I don't mean to disparage, but it seemed a little odd. Um, how about a play? How about a play in the NBA on the way out here? San Antonio at Chicago tonight. The Spurs, Bulls, open five. Chicago's laying three and a half. Josh. Yeah, so we're still having the kind of this crazy trend here to these favorites, guys. You know, look at the month of February, favorites in the NBA, 60 and 32 against the spread, 65%. But this one really jumped out to me, guys, because I like the over here, and I think it's one of these plays where you see the total, it's so high, you got to take the under. But what's the market telling you? This game actually opened 232 total. It's now up to 234 and a half, 235. So again, you're not getting the best of it right now, but a lot of reasons to like this over tonight, guys. You look at the pace of both of these teams. They're both top 15 in pace. They're both top 15 in off. Offense. They're both bottom 15 in defense. So we have fast pace, good offense, bad defense. I like the over here, guys. I'll go over 234 and a half. Great job, Josh. Betting across America coming up. Market Insights is the pot. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Appreciate Thanks, it, guys. Josh. Okay, Michael. M. Lombardi NFL on Twitter. Enjoy your Monday, Michael. I will. Thank you, Patrick. Okay. See you Thursday. Okay, we'll see you then. Odds on coming up next. Great job, everybody. We'll see you next time here on the Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.